Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. Our super early snow really threw me for a loop <laughs> this month. So I'm doing my best to bounce back. And since some of my gardening decisions were kind of made for me, aka everything died, I decided to put some of my energy towards some different fall garden activities this year. So here is what I'm working on out in the garden right now. I'm your host, Jill Winger, and this is the podcast for the trailblazers, the mavericks, the makers, the homesteaders, the modern pioneers, and the backyard farmers. If you're ready to boost your food security and live a more homegrown lifestyle, well, this is the podcast for you. Hey friend, I'm interrupting this episode for just a quick minute because I have a really exciting announcement. For many, many years, I have relied heavily on planners to keep our full life in flow, but I have always struggled to find one that fits the uniqueness of a homestead lifestyle. The planners I've used in the past always kind of left me wanting more. They would contain weekly spreads that never quite fit our life, and they never took into account all the moving pieces of an old-fashioned lifestyle. You know, things like meal planning, gardening, preserving, or seasonal living. So I decided to make my own, and I am so excited to introduce to you today the Old Fashioned On Purpose Planner. It's designed for homesteaders by homesteaders. It's the planner I have wished for for years, and it is loaded with helps, cheat sheets, templates, and guides to streamline your homegrown lifestyle, whether you live on 100 acres or you're just homesteading in your backyard. Head on over to prairieplanner.com and I'll show you a sneak peek of the inside. I also put together a bunch of bonuses to go with it, and guess what? Free shipping. That's www.prairieplanner.com. Now back to our episode. So first off, you know, I've talked about fall gardening and such here and there on the blog and on this podcast. I just want you to know I don't always do this because sometimes I'm just over it. And there's been more than one year when, especially like after a bad gardening year, um, last year in particular, we had like this year was super hot and dry. Last year was super cold and wet, like opposite world, obviously. Um, but at the end of last year, I was so discouraged because nothing grew, nothing germinated, everything just rotted. And I fought the garden all year. Like I had no energy or desire to put in a fall garden. So nothing about this episode is meant to put pressure on you or make you feel like you're a horrible homesteader. If you don't fall garden, like just give yourself some grace. If you're not feeling it, I 100% get it, but I don't know. I've been reading a lot more about garden this year. I've been expanding just my knowledge base and understanding of how things work. And so I'm kind of hitting things from a different angle. And along with our greenhouse build finally being done, which I talked about on a different episode, just the details of that. I I feel like I'm kind of entering this new season as a gardener. Um, I've kind of done the same routine for years and I'm ready to just expand things a little bit. So I feel myself at least at this point in time, kind of enjoying some of these new tasks I'm adding on to my gardening to-do list for fall. So I wanted to share a few of the things I'm doing because I've actually been out in the garden considerably 
a considerably, a considerable amount. That makes more sense. How about that? For the last uh, week or so. So I wanted to kind of give you an inside view of what I've been doing and why I've been doing it. And maybe it will inspire you as well. So first things first, garden cleanup. I've got, I've gotten some questions about this and I don't have a great answer. You know, some, there are some years where I'm like Johnny on the spot and I'm out there cleaning things up and pulling things out and feeding it to the cows or whatever. And there's other years where the frost or the snow will hit us so early and so hard that I'm just kind of like, well, uh, see you next year garden. Like, bye-bye. And this year we obviously got our early, early snow, which killed everything or most everything. There's a few alive things still out there, but, um, it's warm back up. Like it's 85 and I've been sweating and wearing shorts. So it's very, uh, confused. Just feels, everything feels confused, but that's been, I guess it's, it's helped with my motivation to want to get back out there. Cause if it's like 30 degrees, I don't really feel like playing around in the garden, but it's given me a little more of a window to go out and kind of assess things. Now that everything's dead, most everything's dead. Um, I didn't have to wait for certain plants to be done or where I felt like they were done because that decision has already been made. So I've been a little more proactive potentially in pulling out some of the dead vines, the dead plants. There are certain plants I, I sometimes will leave and I, I don't have a great list of which is which. I guess I kind of go by feel. So if there are certain plants or if the soil's really hard, sometimes I leave things in if they haven't been dealing with disease or some sort of weird bug, right? So an example of this would be cabbage. I usually cut my cabbage heads off and it leaves this big old gnarly stem that's quite firmly in the ground. And in years past, I would try to like rip those out in the fall and it was a nightmare. Like I had to almost dig them out and then all the soil was clinging to the roots. Um, and so I decided to just leave those. And so what I do with my cabbage, I just leave everything in. It looks really messy, but oh well. And then come spring, Everything has decomposed enough that it's super easy to pop those roots out and then compost them or whatever. And I feel like it kind of adds some organic matter and some aeration to the soil. So I feel like there is benefit sometimes to being a little bit lazy and not cleaning everything out. Now, there are some beds in particular, and this is really what I wanted to focus on in today's episode, is certain beds that I'm going to be planting fall crops or cover crops in. So obviously with those beds, I'm going to be um, cleaning them out when I have been some tomato vines, some squash and cucumber vines. Not did I say tomato vines? I meant tomato plants. Tomatoes don't really have a vine. I don't know. Maybe they do. Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> but I have been cleaning those out. Um, I'll probably, I'll cut the heads off the sunflowers and we're going to roast the seeds. I'll probably leave the base of the stalks in the ground because those are they're cemented in there. And I know that in the spring, they'll be easier to pop out and probably take the corn stalks out, feed those to the cows, put some on the porch for decoration. So it kind of just depends on what I'm feeling like, but that's, that's my cleanup routine. If there are beds that I feel like struggled, I will add a little bit of compost to them. Um, I also try to cover any of the beds that are, you know, bare soil with mulch. For me, that's dried grass clippings or old hay. Um, if you are using hay, make sure that it is not been sprayed with some sort of herbicide because you've heard those stories. I'm sure if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, um, you can contaminate your soil with herbicide residue. 
Um, but grass clippings are safe if you have, if you're mowing your lawn and you know you're not spraying that with any chemicals. Like grass clippings make a great mulch because soil doesn't like to be bare. I was explaining this to the kids the other day. You know, in nature, bare soil isn't a good thing, right? Nature always um, is covering the soil. Covered soil is healthy soil. And so I don't like to leave exposed soil out in the open in the winter to be exposed to the wind and the elements and the moisture and, you know, deplete things. I just like to kind of cover it up, put a nice little blankie on it. All right. Um, so once I have certain beds cleaned out, I am definitely priority. Number one is planting garlic, which technically I probably already should have done that. I'm a little bit late on the garlic planting, but I think I'll be okay. I have planted it late before. And I have a whole episode on planting garlic, but it is one of the most fun things to plant because you plant it now, September, October, if you're in a Northern state and it, you know, you put it in the ground, you cover it up, you water it a little bit, put some mulch over the top and you completely ignore it for the winter. Like I, I ignore it so thoroughly that I often have a hard time remembering where I planted it in the spring. If I don't mark the bed with like a stick that says garlic planted here, <laughs> but then in the spring it comes up, right? And it grows all spring until July when you harvest it. So garlic is super fun. Homegrown garlic is fantastic. And so um, I ordered my seed garlic a little late. I did like all the things you're not supposed to do. I ordered, I thought I had enough seed garlic. I didn't. So I had to order more from Fillery Farm. I'm not affiliated with them. I just ordered from them last year and they were really cool. So F-I-L-A-R-E-E, -E, Fillery Farm. I think they're in Washington State. They were sold out of quite a bit when I ordered recently, but there was still some. So once that arrives, I'll be planting that ASAP. I'm also planting for the first time out in the garden, winter rye. Now I did an episode last fall that was super popular about cover crops. And I have been just kind of enthralled with the idea of cover crops ever since. And so I've been reading about them and researching them and I, have a couple beds towards the back end of my garden that are horrible clay. Like thankfully not all of my beds are that bad, but there are about four or five that are an utter nightmare when I have to dig them up. Like a typical bed, my soil's pretty decent on a regular bed. So it takes me 10, 15 minutes max to work up a bed with my shovel and kind of soften everything up for planting. With those beds, it'll take about two hours <laughs> And it's hard labor and it's exhausting and it's frustrating. So um, when I was digging them up this spring and saying some choice words and like, why am I doing this? I resolved that I would be planting some sort of cover crop or doing something to help with the situation in the fall. So here we are. And winter rye, I am hoping, will be, I want to say my, my saving grace. I don't think it's going to fix everything in a year, but I'm hoping it will help. And the reason I chose rye as a cover crop is because it's supposed to go deep or send roots deeply into the soil and break up the hard clay. And they said for clay soils, it's about the best you can get as far as a cover crop is going to help you. Um, it's also good at germinating in cooler weather, which is where we're at sort of right now that it's so late into September. Ideally, I would have planted cover crops a little bit earlier. It just didn't happen. So it's going in now and cool thing. I was out watering before I sat down to record this episode. And overnight, I have an entire bed of rye that, that came up. And man, the, the shoots are about an inch tall. Like it literally went from 
nothing to an inch tall overnight. It's just insane. Isn't that crazy? I just, it just never ceases to amaze me, but it's coming. I think it's going to have enough time to get some good growth on it. From what I can tell, it'll grow decently well in pretty cold temps. And then it kind of just goes quiet for a while. And then we'll pick things back up in the spring. And my, my plan here, I've never done this, but what I'm planning to do is to let it grow into next spring. When it gets tall, I will trim it down. And I don't know, I'm still going back and forth, but I think I'm going to leave the root mass in the bed because this bed is a, it's a booger guys. Let me tell you, it's like horrible soil. And I'm going to transplant my things like my, my, maybe my cabbage or some of my broccoli plants, um, like cut a hole into the rye and then plant there and almost let the living rye root mass be a living mulch. I've heard people say that works great. Then they say, you know, midsummer, the rye tends to kind of decompose. It dies off and it decomposes and you don't have to necessarily turn it all over. Cause I'm picturing live plants when you have a big root mass and you're trying to like dig it into the bed, that can be a lot of work. So I don't know. We'll see how it looks. I'll keep you updated on how this progresses, but that's the plan. I know in years past that my tomatoes or excuse me, not my tomatoes. Where did that come from? My cabbage grew really well in those heavier clay beds. Surprisingly, they did great. So I think they'll do fine with the rye as a mulch around them. And I'm hoping that a couple years of doing that, adding more compost, continuing with all the amendments that I'll slowly improve that soil at least a little bit because it is the bane of my existence right now. So I am doing rye, I'm doing garlic, um, and then I am out in the greenhouse, which is so weird because it's the first time that I've ever done that. I've ever had a greenhouse to plant at any time, let alone fall. So I wanted to share a few of the things I'm planting out there because I have been reading a lot and researching a lot. Obviously, it's pretty darn late to be attempting to grow anything, even in a greenhouse. Like most of the books recommend planting your fall crops or your winter crops in a greenhouse, like in August or early September. So I'm pushing the envelope just a little bit, but I had to try it. Like we got done with the greenhouse last week or whenever it was. And I was like, I can't just not try it. So here I am. It could be an utter fail, but I don't know. Um, so far so good. I actually have some little baby sprouts coming up. So here's what I planted out there. I steered away from any of the bigger vegetables, like the cabbage or the broccoli, cauliflower. Those are all fantastic if you start them in July. And I did not. So I stuck with really hardy greens, the greens that I know can withstand some cold. Um, I got a lot of these from Elliot Coleman's book and also True Leaf Market, who they've been a sponsor of mine in the past. I adore them. They're my favorite place to buy seeds. If you go on their website and you search in different categories, you can tailor your search according to different, like the growing length. So you can like go in the lettuce category and you can toggle the, the lettuce varieties or the green varieties that are going to like grow between 20 and 30 days or 30 and 40 days. So that's really helpful. If you're trying to find something that maybe you want to plant right now, you're kind of in the same boat as me. Hopefully your, your growing season's a little bit longer. You still might have some time, especially if you have a cold frame or you're willing to cover things. Um, there's, there's potentially still time. So the first one I planted is Mizuna. And it is, I have not grown it before. It is apparently, they say it's a cross or at least tastes like a cross between 
arugula and mustard. And I really like arugula. So I'm, I'm trying it. It kind of has that mild peppery taste. And from what I can tell, the, the leaves look like kind of feathery. Um, so all of these are salad greens and we're going to hopefully have lots of salad fodder as, you know, into the fall and winter. This is the plan. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. Some of these my family might not like. They might be too bitter, too strong. I don't know. We're just trying a lot of different stuff. Spinach. I planted, um, I think, like eight rows of spinach. I adore spinach. It's my favorite green. It doesn't grow well in Wyoming because I get it planted out in the spring, right? Spinach is a cooler weather green. But it, it goes from so cold to so hot so quickly here. Like the spinach will get up and then like bolt immediately. So I'm looking forward to having spinach and having, as it gets colder into the fall, I think the spinach will like that. I hope so. But fingers crossed for the spinach. I did plant some lettuce. That might have been an utter mistake. Lettuce of all the greens doesn't do as well with a cold. Like some of these greens on my list actually will easily survive a frost. Lettuce is not one of those. It tends to get mushy and gross and limp when it freezes. So I'm trying it. I'm going to see if I can get enough growth on the lettuce before it gets really cold. I may not, but you know, I got to try it. Um, I think the one I'm most excited about is something I have never tried before, and it is mosh. And for those of you who are new to this, it's M-A-C-H-E. And I actually had to Google how to pronounce it because I kept calling it mache people sometimes I, you know, I only had read it. I had never heard someone talk about it. So I was like, it's, I'm planting mache. I'm planting mache. And then I Googled it and I'm like, oh, it's pronounced mosh. But anyway, it's also known as corn salad or lamb's lettuce. And it is a European salad green. It kind of is grows in these little bunches. And they say it's one of the sweeter cold weather greens. And I'm hoping that will be popular with the kids, right? Um, cause some of these greens are a little more bitter or stronger tasting, but they said mosh is kind of the darling of the winter garden. It's tough. It likes the cold weather. Um, and I've never had it before. So I'm excited. I also may try growing it outside as well as inside the greenhouse. I might put some in a empty raised bed. I'll see if I can get that done, but I'll let you know how it goes. Also have arugula cause that is one of my favorite greens that I have. I said that about a couple they're all my favorite. Well, not all of them. I don't really like mustard greens. They're just too much for me. But I like arugula and I like spinach. So arugula's in. It is already coming up, actually. I was super excited to see that. Um, I planted some kale. I just had some leftover seeds. I don't know if it'll have enough time, but it's blue kale from Baker Creek Seeds. Um, I think I saw a few little seedlings of that coming up. Um, another new one to me, I planted broadleaf Batavian endive. I have never ventured into the world of endive or escarole. So I'm still honestly trying to sort out the differences because there's a lot of varieties and some are like little heads. Some are like leaves. Um, I, I'm still figuring this out, but I planted a variety that is, they said the leaves are lettuce-like and they're big. Um, and they're a little less bitter than the curly leaf variety. So they said you, you eat it like other greens, you can put it in a salad or you can saute or chop it up, put it in soups and stews. So we'll see. Um, like I said, I've never grown that one before either. So might be an utter failure. I don't know. Um, I also put some radicchio in. I have a feeling that probably won't work, 
but I had the seeds left over. So I'm like, why not? So anyway, I planted them in little rows. I'm watering them by hand every day because we don't have water or sprinklers out in the greenhouse yet. So I'm having to like drag a 50 feet of hose out there. Um, but it's kind of fun. Like the, the evenings are getting a little bit cooler. You know, it feels like fall basically, but when I walk into the greenhouse, it smells like spring because it's the smell of wet soil and it just is, oh, it just feels, it just feels good. I'm super excited. So all in all, um, I think I'm actually enjoying some of this fall preparation this year. It, it feels like maybe, maybe I can spread my gardening out a little bit more later into the fall, earlier into the spring. Maybe I can get into a rhythm with cover crops and some of these greens and growing things uh, into these cooler months that it will just stretch things out. Cause I have such a grow short growing season. Sometimes it just feels like I have to pack so much in. So I'm excited and we'll just see how it goes. I'll keep you posted, but that is what I am planting for 2020 this fall. So fingers crossed and hopefully we'll have some salads come November or December. If you are interested in homesteading, whether you're wanting to homestead on 20 acres or just in your backyard, I have a ton of resources that I have been creating for folks just like you. You can access all of them, the cheat sheets, the eBooks, the recipes, the whole nine yards over at theprairiehomestead.com slash grow. And that's all for today, my friend. If you found today's episode helpful, I would love it if you would leave a quick rating or review. I read all of them, by the way, and they just go a very long ways into helping other people find this podcast and bring the joy of homesteading into their lives. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here for my rambling. I know sometimes I ramble. That's just how I roll. And we will talk more on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.